I'm just so focused. I'm French the Bro host, and we would like to welcome you to the mixtape part, the mixtape podcast. This is episode 32. I'm feeling like I got the flu. <laughs> and if you didn't know, we're a weekly podcast where we cover the most intriguing Knicks news of the week. And if you want to find us on our socials, you could check us out first on Twitter at the Knicks Take. Then go to YouTube and search Knicks Take Videos. And if you'd rather follow on Instagram, you can follow us at the Knicks Take. And last but not least, on Facebook at Knicks Take Media. Now let's get to it. So first of all, first and foremost, French, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. All, all of the listeners, everybody listening, Happy New Year to you as well. Mm-hmm. We're going to need it. We're going to need those well wishes. Uh, all to a rocky start already. <laughs> all to a little bit of a rocky start. I guess I will start on how my week has been. So as you guys were able to see last week on the podcast, you got to see what catching COVID looks like live. <laughs> Mid pod. You said it at the beginning of the episode too. <laughs> COVID running rampant in your household. Yep. And then midway through the pod, I'm over here sniffling, sneezing, coughing, rubbing my nose. You saw the YouTube. That that was whew. And then right after the pod, I was trying to edit and I would cold COVID hit me with a right hook. Knocked yeah. me right <laughs> knocked my ass right out. Uh, ended up having to quarantine all week. I was supposed to have surgery on my hand that I broke, that I told y'all I broke last week. Going to have to have that surgery tomorrow on, on my right hand. And um, outside of that, though, it's been a pretty okay week outside of the COVID part, parts of it. Uh, French, how, how about you? Well, after you uh, caught the, the right hook from COVID, you couldn't edit the pod, so it was my first time taking over the reins, and you know what I'm saying? Editing the pod, posting it. So that was all me last episode, y'all heard? You did a but good job. It didn't take long for me to celebrate because right after he got hit with the right, I got hit with the left. <laughs> and I started feeling the symptoms the very next day. And it was just nasty all week for me. I, I, I've been in bed. Uh basically just binge watching TV all week with Jaya and um, trying to recover. It's been tough. Like these, these symptoms is no joke. <laughs> and I say my body was like, I felt like I don't even know how I felt. It was just crazy. My body was killing me. The temperatures was crazy in miles. One minute I'm sweating. One minute I'm freezing cold. It's just nasty. And I'm vaxxed up too. I don't know, like, uh, yeah, where it would have been had I not been. But what is it? Well, we ain't, we ain't gonna get into that. I'm still over. I'm still trying to overcome it. I still feel like COVID is like holding me down by my shoulders. I'm trying to get up out by the water. I can't get up there yet. So I, I'm a, I'm a. 
Coke I'll try said. my best to get through this episode. You got knocked the <laughs> fuck out. <laughs> I got, I'm going to overcome it this episode, but it ain't going to be a long episode. I can tell you that now. Yeah, we're going to try and do a real quick episode because French is obviously still feeling symptoms and... It's not a very, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a very eventful week, but, uh, yeah, we not really one that we want to kind week. of, not one we really want to, you know, to stay, stay on for too long. So, right, right. And on last week's episode, we were basically just talking about the impact that COVID had on the team. A lot of the guys started to come back, but, uh, the guys who, were mainly our RJ, OB, Grimes, McBride, Knox, IQ, and Jericho Sims. And the Knicks were so depleted that Kemba Walker ended up getting a spinal rotation. Now it seems like his knee is giving him issues again. <clears throat> but a lot of the guys that were out to COVID are starting to come back now, so that's a good thing. And that would lead us into the first game against Minnesota. So that's where you take <laughs> off at. So, yeah, the last game we covered was the Atlanta Hawks game that we both attended for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And uh, as French noted, with Kemba's reinsertion into the lineup, his great play earned him Eastern Conference Player of the Week honors. So congrats to Kemba. And that was the day of the Minnesota Timberwolves game where Knicks were mostly healthy for this one almost everybody if not everybody well, mostly everybody i don't think jericho think jericho sims is still out with the covid protocols but mostly everybody that got hit came back pretty much fully healthy for the exception of dark rose nerland's noel and um i would say that this was a game where you were hoping that okay Second game of the back-to-back. I'm sorry, this was the first game of the back-to-back. Kevin Walker, hoping that he would show up, do what he had been doing the whole last week. And it was very, very apparent that Kemba was not gonna was not gonna do the things that he was doing that previous week. He was looking a step slow, looking like maybe the knees starting to bother him, the legs starting to bother him. And not really much for me to say about this game, except that Mitch, Mitch was the only player that was out there that really looked like he was playing worth a damn. Came in, was grabbing offensive rebounds, grabbing defensive rebounds, doing putbacks, dunking, dunking the ball. He had, Basically, another good game, another really good game where he scored in double digits, double-digit rebounds, 14 points, a season-high 18 rebounds. He had two steals, one block. It was the Knicks' leading scorer, the, the entire team's leading scorer. That means the starters and the bench couldn't score more than the 14 points that Mitchell Robinson scored and was the leading rebounder. Knicks definitely wasn't going to win this game without him. Knicks won 96-88. Pretty much a wire-to-wire victory because the Timberwolves were missing a lot of players also due to COVID. They were they were 
not playing their best players. They were missing D'Lo. They were missing uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Basically, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, you know, the, basically, oh, that, basically the whole rotation. The, basically, yeah, all of the, the the scorers, everybody that's worth a damn, was all out for the Minnesota Timberwolves. So this was a game that you, you figure that the Knicks, being mostly healthy, mostly re- recovered from COVID, they were going to win. And they did. They just did not look impressive doing it. Fred, you got anything you yeah. want to say? This was uh, the first back-to-back win with it that we've gotten in a while. And I just remember feeling like, yeah, the, it, it don't feel like we're on a two-game winning streak right now. But I take it. And, um, yeah, like with the streak that we've been on, it seemed like Kemba lost his step ever since he got that Eastern Conference player of the uh, – player of the week because he hasn't really shown up scoring wise even in the Christmas game he had the triple double but he looked like he started to take a step back um just with his efficiency with his shot making like what he showed since he's come back from being reinserted reinserted into the lineup he doesn't seem to be the same uh knockdown shooters and elite offensive guard that we've seen in these stretches throughout the season. In the first week of the season when we went 5-1 and one and in this stretch that he's been back, it, it just hasn't been consistent and that's been the problem. Like the, the starters thought they looked like how they looked before Kemba got taken out of the rotation where we'd be really good for certain quarters and then we just look like we've never played together for other quarters, and it's just it's 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 very inconsistent, and there's no real answer to what to do because we've seen this lineup without Campbell. We've seen it with him. We've seen it with Burks. We've seen it like shuffled to basically everywhere around the everybody around the roster at this point has gotten the opportunity to step up and try to take the mental and try to take the issues that's going on with this team and fix them and it just seems like we can't overcome it but we got this win so we're going to just head to Detroit with the next one because this was the the first (laughs) yeah this this that's how these games are though like the games really do tell you the story of what the team is and I feel like every game this season has been for the most part inconsistent well, before you move on to the next game, I just want to point out the Knicks shot 37%, 37.5% from the free throw line in that game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And they still, they only beat them by eight points. It was 96-88. And they ouch, they, the Minnesota Timberwolves shot 18% from three. The Knicks shot 40% from three. So that that just kind of, I just wanted to say that to kind of outline just kind of what kind of game this was. Even though this was a wire-to-wire victory, it wasn't like an easy, like, oh, the Knicks are definitely blowing these dudes out. Like, they maintained control, but, yeah, they didn't play good. This was this was a this was a, a bad win in terms of they beat a bad team, a depleted team, and didn't look impressive doing so. Yeah, at all. So on to Detroit. On to Detroit. Coming into Detroit... Like I said, we're on a two-game winning streak with the potential to add it, to push it to three. 
This is the second game of a back-to-back. Detroit uh, was missing 12 players in this game. 12 players. <laughs> the team is only allowed 15 on a the roster. <laughs> They're only allowed uh, 12 to actually <laughs> to, to dress up. <laughs> so they're missing 12 players. and They're missing the entire rotation. <laughs> it's just this is like you can't make this up. They they they're missing all their players, right? And the Knicks are that they're missing out on um Kemba this game because after the two games he played both games at the back to back and then after that he has a sore knee. Nope. So me Oh no 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 I'm, he I'm played in this game. He played in this game. This was the second game of the back to back. This was the second year of the back-to-back. I'm sorry. I'm skipping ahead. I keep getting the uh, games confused. So, yeah, he played in this game. And after the first half, you just saw what type of game this is going to be. Hamadou Diallo, he's from New York. He's giving the, the Knicks work. Like, they keep, they don't seem to be able to stop him. Sadiq Bey, he's knocking down threes. Giving the Knicks work. Given the Knicks work, you see what type of game this is about to be. And in the second half, the, the Detroit Pistons are looking like they're about to blow us out. And I just, I, I'm looking at the starters waiting for something to happen because normally they don't never let leads go crazy, especially. Which let me point out, Quentin Grimes was part of the starters in this game because uh, Evan Fournier was dealing with some sort of issue. Uh, I don't know right. if he was feeling sore or something, but they had him out in this game, and Quentin Grimes started and looked absolutely trash with the starting lineup. Yeah, that's what I confused with Kemba. Grimes came into the game this, to, to start, and um, this was like his first game where he struggled. He was 0 for 6 from the field. He couldn't knock down a 3. And uh, Hamidou Diallo and Sadiq Bey ended up Combine it for six three points to end this game. <laughs> Dumb two players alone. And Alec Burks had, ended up coming in off the bench and saving us with quickly. The the, the bench unit provided a, a much different outlook on the game because the, the, the Detroit Pistons just couldn't score against the bench for some reason. Like they were playing really good defense, but I don't feel like they would play any else. They just played like they cared. And uh, the starters, it's always one player out of the defensive road. Like, there's always one player messing up on defense in the first unit, I feel like. It's either, it's mostly Evan Fournier, Kemba due to his size, or Julius Randle just not playing with that intensity on the defensive end, like how the bench unit does, like how Quain Grimes normally does, like how Deuce normally does, like how Taj plays. Who was it in this game? This game, it would, they just didn't look good as a starting five unit. They just looked bad. <laughs> they just was doing bad. And let me just and let me just I, let me because I I feel nobody looked. Good I want to say five. if you didn't watch this game, it was basically the starters come out. The starters came out looked like trash. The bench came in, extended the lead, halftime. The starters came out and got outscored 
You remember who they got outscored by? Like 15. It was like, oh. it was like the starters, the Knicks came into halftime, I think, with the lead. And then to start the third quarter, they had four points. They, they, or rather, while the starters were out there, they scored four points to the Detroit Pistons 25. And the Knicks went down by 17 points by the time the bench came in. That to is the Detroit Pistons. To the Detroit Pistons. With 12, 12 players <laughs> missing due to COVID. And um, guys never played before coming, getting signed from overseas, from the G League, coming to the big leagues, and playing together for what appears to be the first time. And the two guys who <laughs> aren't COVID. Uh, whatever you want to call it, they don't have COVID. They come in and combine for sixty-three points. You can't make this up. But it's not a coincidence. Jalen Brown coming in, dropping sixty on us. Ricky Rubio coming in, going crazy on us. It's not. It's not a coincidence this year. I feel like this team is rotten. <laughs> well, what it's happened rotten. at the end of this game, French? <laughs> Because the Knicks didn't lose this and game. something needs to happen. At the end of this game, the bench unit came back. Quentin Grimes. I mean, Quentin, not Quentin Grimes. Alex Burks came in, caught fire, ended up scoring 34 points. Five of eight from three. Emmanuel quickly came in, pitched away 18 points off the bench. Obi Toppin. He didn't really have the best game, but he provided the energy plays that we needed. And... Um, the bench just provided a spark that got us this win. We came back from that 17-point deficit and took the lead in the fourth and didn't look back. We, the Knicks ended up winning this game 94-85. to 85. And the bench was basically the sole reason that the Knicks won this game. What do you remember about this one? <clears throat> I don't even want to get into what I remember. I just want to list the plus-minus for the starters, and then the plus-minus for the bench. That's the only thing. I tweeted that after the game. <laughs> That's the plus minus of this game. I'm not man. even going to list the names. Minus 27, minus 22, minus 21, minus 29, and minus 17. I'll list, I'll list the one starter who had less than a minus 20, and that is Quentin Grimes with a minus 17, who also played the least out of all the starters. So that's probably why his plus minus was so was as good as it was. A plus minus for the bench. Plus 36, Obi Toppin. Plus 31, Taj Gibson. Plus 39, Miles McBride, who didn't score a single point. Plus 28, Alec Burks. And plus 27, Emmanuel Quickly. That, if you don't understand what plus minus is, <laughs> that just... Plus minus is when you're on the court, the team is either gonna is either scoring more or or they they are cutting into the deficit. That's the plus, or this team is scoring less, or they're getting blown out more. That's the minus. So that just kind of differentiates. The starters were losing by twenty points, thirty points, and the bench was winning by thirty points when they were on the court on the court. That's all I gotta say about. That's all I gotta say about this game. So, uh, if you are you done with this game, French? Because if you're done, I'll move on. Yeah, we can just jump straight into OKC because that was another one. Okay, so OKC. That 
happened two days later. And we found out the day before that Julius Randle would be out for this game due to COVID. And immediately, Knicks fans across the globe had something to say about whether the Knicks would play better or the Knicks would play worse as a result of Julius Randle being out due to COVID. I'll make my opinions known later. Also, right before tip-off of this game, Knicks listed Kemba Walker as out with knee soreness, which was a blow that Knicks obviously were not ready for. They obviously came into this game expecting to have Kemba. It looked like they came into this game expecting to have Kemba and were a little out of sorts. And honestly, this is just a game that from start to finish, like they look went out there, they they were playing hard, they tried hard, it looked like they were trying to defend. It looked like the offense was running smoothly, which usually the offense hasn't really looked that smooth, but the offense was running smoothly. I just felt like it came down to the guys just not hitting their shots. Quentin Grimes went one for six from three, quickly went one for seven, and those are supposed to be our two best shooters. Unless you consider Kemba or Alec Burks. Kemba was out. Alec Burks is the only person to hit more than one three. He hit two, and he only shot three. He went two for three for the night. And, yeah, the Knicks just never were really in this game. They got outclassed by an Oklahoma City City Thunder team that had Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who looked amazing. But... It's not a team that you're expecting to really lose to by more than 10 points. And that's what ended up happening in this game. The Knicks lost this game 80-95. So the Mitch worst three-point shooting team in the NBA. They weren't They weren't against the Knicks that night because they were knocking down pretty much everything, especially Muscala. That boy went, well, naturally, he didn't even really shoot that well either. He went three for nine. The... Oklahoma City Thunder ended up shooting 41% for the night. The Knicks ended up shooting 19.5% from three. That goes to show how badly they shot from three. Also, I pointed out free throw percentage from from one of the other games. The Knicks shot 54.5% from the free throw line against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So they shot bad from three, and they shot bad from the free throw line. Like, you're not going to win games like that. They Against any other team, they would have lost by more than 15 points. And I, I, I'm just going to give it up. I'm just going to clap it up for two guys. I'm going to clap it up for Mitchell Robinson. He had nine points, 10 rebounds, or excuse me, 12 rebounds. Damn near had a, a double-double. He only played 25 minutes. And R.J. Barrett. R.J. Finished the night with 26 points on 50% shooting while also getting to the foul line nine times. Now, he also missed seven three-point shots, which maybe the Knicks would have cut it a little closer if he stopped shooting those threes and did more of the other things that helped him look good in this game. He had seven rebounds, two steals, three assists. So anyway, Knicks lost 80-95. to R.J. Barrett showed up. 
despite his shot not falling. He had a lot of impressive finishes with both hands. He finished the night with 26 points on 50% shooting while also getting to the foul line nine times. Maybe I said that before. Maybe I didn't. Some technical difficulties. We're going to just move right on to the Toronto Raptors game. Go ahead, French. Coming to Toronto, the Knicks were down one more player in Mitchell Robinson due to COVID. And the Toronto Raptors this game did not allow a crowd in attendance outside of um, family, friends of the players. And I was way up. So there was basically no crowd in Toronto. This clearly seemed to change the atmosphere of the game. And um, before the game, the Knicks ended up signing point guard Ryan Archie Diacino. He used to play uh, in Chicago on the Tibbs. And um, don't really know too much about him. Haven't really paid attention to him play. Um, I just thought we should mention it just because it happened today, right before the game ends. Coming into Toronto, we faced a bunch of teams that had players out, mostly due to COVID. And Toronto is the first team that we faced who is completely healthy. And with the way that we've been playing, I didn't really feel confident coming into this game. With no Julius Randle and basically no center outside of Taj Gibson. I had very little faith in this game, but I can tell you basically all the things that happened to this game in this game because it's not too far from what happened in the last <laughs> in the last one against uh, Minnesota. The only difference between this game and the last game is we didn't miss every single wide-open shot that we took. Um... The Raptors basically started the game off, took an early lead, and never looked back. But RJ did look like he was in attack mode in back-to-back games. Quentin Grimes came out of his little mini shooting slump, um, hit a couple threes this game. He didn't have an amazing outing, but he definitely played with energy, defensive intensity, took good shots, made them. Fred Van Vliet basically was the story of this game. He killed us, had 35 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Obi Toppin ties his career high with 19 points, got six impressive assists that um, were quick and decisive passes that I like to see a lot. Yeah, also had six rebounds, one steal, and two blocks. Uh, Obi's trying to find a groove within this offense, no matter who he's on the court with. A lot of times he was getting a lot of his buckets playing with IQ just because of their... Uh, great chemistry that they they share together but now he was with the starting five playing with deuce for the first time not for the first time but getting significant minutes with deuce and um i don't like this game was just weird to watch because it just didn't feel like it described anything about what this is like this game just seemed like another throwaway game like last game it was two throwaway games back to back just because it's not the team it's not the way that the team normally plays. And without Julius Randle, the team ball movement is a lot better, but the shot making is a lot worse. The defense is a step better, but it doesn't seem to be impacting the win or loss because with, with, without Julius Randle, these guys just seem to be looking for someone else to step up instead of just playing their game. 
It's just a bunch of forced passes, a lot of weird passes that end up in turnovers. Like we, 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 we. I mean, the Toronto Raptors forced a bunch of turnovers today that were just basic. Here, I'm gonna pass it to you up still. Transition layup, and all our baskets are coming hard. So it's just like this game was hard to watch for me. I was kind of drifting in and out of this game down towards the second half because I had no faith that we would win this game. Me and you both said that we basically were imprinted to this game down to the second half. The Knicks lose 120 to 105, and the team just doesn't seem to have the same spark. They're looking like they're still trying to play together. Um, I'm interested to see what happens once guys start coming back from COVID, once we start getting our centers back because our defense doesn't seem to be very impactful without a rim protector. What was your thoughts about this game? I'm going to skip over my thoughts in this game because I think my thoughts in this game, on this game, is going to just tie too much into the segment where we talk about how we're feeling about the team right now. Okay. And so how do you feel about this team right now? Right now, I'm I'm looking to see if, because they're going to be without Julius for at least another couple games. I'm looking to see if the offensive identity that they currently have and the defensive effort that they're currently putting out on, if the Knicks are able to translate that into wins. And I'm confident that they will. Now, that's not to say, like, losing Julius Randle, that's not a big blow. But I just feel like a lot of the things where we've been concerned and disgusted and upset when it came to this team, I'm not seeing that over the last couple games. It's just for these last couple, these last two games where we lost, it's just kind of been, we have to throw our hands up and be like, ah. Well, you know, it's a loss where it's like, all right, you know what? They tried. Yeah, it's disappointing that they lost to this team, but I'm not concerned about the effort, right? Are you concerned about the effort when when you watch these two? Like, yeah, you may not have had any belief that they would win. Yeah. But were you concerned about the effort that they were displaying when you watched them play? Even today's game where we both were like, all right, we're going to lose this game or whatever we're – I'm concerned Were you more like, about the IQ than ever. I'm not even concerned about the IQ because they're playing really young right now. When you play really young, especially against a team that is a high IQ team like the Toronto Raptors who, with a lot of guys that have been to the finals and to the playoffs and all these things, like the only player that is out there that's with the rest of these guys that doesn't really have that kind of experience is Scotty Barnes. And Scotty Barnes plays like he's been playing for 15 years. Yep. So my favorite rookie. Like, yeah, against the team, like the Toronto Raptors, I'm not. Yeah. They, that That's how I expect this team to look like. That's kind of why I feel like if you just put Julius Randle in this game, they probably still lose this. Like they probably still lose this game. I have more I have more belief that they would win this game if they had 
Kemba Walker, Derrick Rose, you know, Mitchell Robinson, if they were healthy, if it was everybody except for Julius Randle that was in this game, I have more confidence that they would win this game than I have that if you just put Julius Randle out of everybody else who 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 was out. I have more confidence in that. Which, you know, to a lot of people is like, well, yeah, obviously if you if you have more players, of course it's more more likely you're gonna win. But Julius Randle's supposed to be that guy that if you don't play with him, then you're more likely to lose. And I don't feel like that. I feel like he is I feel like if you put him on this team, we probably I wouldn't be surprised if we lost worse. Because I feel like certain things, the effort defensively, the ability to go up and down the court and to run the fast break and all that stuff, I feel like that stuff would have suffered. And then if he's not hitting his three-point shot, then <laughs> you're just taking time away from Obi Toppin. I could see us losing 20, 25 points to this Toronto Raptors team if Julius Randle plays in this game. I think the importance of having somebody out there who was going to take care of the ball, which the Knicks did not do today. They did not take care of the ball today. The importance of having a guy like that on the court. Can't say that's Julius Randle. Julius Randle is probably averaging more turnovers and assists at this point. That was important. The importance of having somebody who's going to rebound the ball. Yeah, Julius Randle may help in that kind of when it comes to that because he's a good rebounder. But Mitch Robinson is even better at that. I would rather have Mitch Robinson when it came to the rebounding than Julius Randle because Julius Randle, he doesn't always box out. He doesn't always fight for the rebound like that. He does sometimes, but not all the time. Uh, I I feel that for that, this game, today's game, that this is a game that when I see who's on the court, I kind of understand. It's a tall, lengthy team that's going to capitalize on your mistakes. This is not the team that the Knicks has currently constructed was ever going to beat. And they still put out an effort for at least the first half that I thought was admirable. Against the Oklahoma City Thunder, you guys are missing shots. Like I said, if they if you guys if these guys hit the shots that they normally hit, that's a that's a game that you win. It's not based on effort, it's not based on whatever offensive sets that they ran. They ran their offensive sets, they got open. They got they missed a lot of good shots. And if they hit those good shots, they're right in that game and they might even win that game. COVID kind of forces you to look at these games differently. COVID kind of forces you to look at these games under a different kind of lens that we were not expecting to look at. You know, a lot of people gave Knicks flack because of how they played with Julius Randle against bum teams who are missing COVID players, even though the Knicks were missing a bunch of players themselves and they didn't get any, they didn't get any, you know, they didn't get anything for that. They did. It was just like, oh, they need to win these games and they're not. And now they're missing Julius Randle. Are, are you going to still hold them to that same standard now that they're missing their best player when other teams, when they were missing those their best player, even though they may have been more healthy than the Knicks, the Knicks should have still beat those teams? Or are you expecting the, the Knicks to lose these games? The Knicks should be losing these games without Julius Randle. But they definitely look like a better team without him. And that's something that I'm going to just keep 
keep an eye out on for the rest of the games this week. How are you feeling about this team? I kind of wish that we had an opportunity to see Kemba Walker in this time period that Julius Randle's out play That's how I with feel. this new uh, lineup with Obi at the power forward, but team does look dramatically worse without Randle. I'm not going to say that the team looks better because they're not performing up to par. They're not executing the plays. It seems like every time we get a basket, it's like, oh, finally. Yeah, we needed that one. Except for when they go on these little, these little runs that remind you, like, oh, this is a, a, a good team. They're just missing guys. But the majority of these last two games without Randall, the team just hasn't looked good to me at all. The team didn't look good with Randall either. Yeah, but we looked a lot better than <laughs> we do now. I disagree with you wholeheartedly, sir. Because look, look at that Wizards game that we that we just played the other day. And if you want to if you want to kind of omit this last game that Julius Randle played, the last game Julius Randle played was trash too. But we if we want to say that was because of COVID, we could do that. But there are other games where he looks just as trash. Where everything that you're saying now applied then. The only difference was that the Knicks would come up and give the ball to Julius. He dribbled the ball, dribble it off his leg, or or something, or they would pat, they would knock it out of his hand, and then they'd have a fast break. Like the the offense, in terms of the execution of the offense, looked bad with Julius at at a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times it looked bad because they were running the ball through Julius. Now they don't have that issue. Now the ball is zinging around, flying around. It's getting to certain guys. They're not getting anywhere because they don't have anybody who's as talented as Julius. I think that's what you're trying to say. They don't have a guy who's who can just bully his way into the paint or can has a move that they can just execute, even if it don't go in. That it looks like, yeah, I like that shot. That shot's gonna go in because that's our player. Nobody, there's nobody who's really who's really that guy, and that's what you need Kemba for, which is why I agree with that first point that you made. I want to see what they look like with Kemba because at least then you have that guy who could break down the defense the way that nobody on this team currently is doing. But I don't think that the offense looks worse in terms of execution. I think the offense looks better. It's just that they don't have that guy that to fill the role that Julius Randle has filled. I, I just feel like we need a high-usage player Anytime that we need Julius out. Anytime that Julius is going to be out. like We want I'm, it to be RJ. I'm hoping, yeah, RJ did look good, but he didn't look outstanding. Today he didn't he look did. like he, today he didn't look like he could be a number one option. But the last game he did. He's, he definitely was a high usage player. And if he was to be able to match that with the Kemba Walker, these last two games would have been a lot different, I felt like. But I am yeah, I mean, hoping that we trade Randall at some point this season because I do want yeah. to be able to receive something for the type of talent that he is. I just don't feel like he fits with this team long term. I didn't give RJ I didn't give RJ enough flowers for what he did against the against Oklahoma City Thunder. Yes, we lost. I yes, but he looked like that guy against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Do you agree with that? Like he looked like that guy that we could run the offense through. 
Nah. He looked like he could <laughs> he could have the offense run through him at times, but not long-term throughout a, a, every game. It doesn't look like that. I feel like you're saying that. I feel like you're saying that because of, of today's game. But, all right, we'll agree to disagree. Yeah. All right, you want to go into predictions? Predictions. Let's see here. Last episode, Ja predicted that the Knicks would go two and one, while I predicted the clean sweep three and zero. Ja won and gets to choose who goes first. So, do I want to go first? All right, I will say the Knicks play today in Toronto. So we're not gonna we're not gonna count that. They come back home and face the Pacers and the Celtics before our next podcast. What are the Knicks going to do against the Pacers and the Celtics? <laughs> this is gonna be tough because I really want to know if Kevin's gonna come back for one of these games. Before today's game, I said the Knicks are going to go. I'm going to go first. Before today's game, I said the Knicks are going to go two and one. The Knicks are going to go one and one. I'm going to keep. I'm going to maintain my energy from before today's game, even though we got beat by Toronto. I don't think the Pacers. I'm going to. I'm going to be optimistic. We're going to beat one of them. I don't know which one. Pacers or Celtics, but one of them is going to take an L to the Knicks. What about you, French? I got the Knicks going zero and two. I knew he was going to do that. <laughs> You can't yeah, beat Oklahoma City. You're struggling with Minnesota. And you come to Toronto and get smacked. Like, how you get smacked? With no crowd? You ain't beating Indiana. You ain't beating Boston like that. Indiana ain't like that, though. They better than yeah, us. Like, tell you that. Is Indiana like that? Let me see where they got in the standings. They're better than Indiana us. Indiana's not like that. They got... They got Two they guys. They beat us twice. Huh? They beat us twice, right? They, Indiana. Yeah, they beat us twice, both in Indiana. Both times we went out there. We beat them so, once in New York. Indiana is 14 and 22. Mm-hmm. Knicks are 17 and 20. Let me see. Their last game, they played the Bulls. And it looks like, yeah, it looks like uh, they're missing... Uh, Malcolm Brogdon. No Mitch. No Randall. No Randall. Most likely no Kemba. Might we have Nerlens? Possibly. If Nerlens comes back, we might have Jericho Sims too. Yeah, I'm, just, I, I'm good with my one and one. I think I think depending on who who plays in, in, against Indy, and depending on if this Quentin Grimes stretch that that poor stretch of shooting that he had for today, if that's over and done with, if quickly stops playing like uh, I got words quickly, if he quit, if he plays better, Obi keeps his his energy up. And Alec Burks shows out. I can see us being Indiana. So that's where I'm at with it. All right, Fred, you got anything you want to plug? 
for the movie recommendation of the week. I'm going to go with The Unforgivable, the movie with Sandra Bullock, Viola Davis, and John Bernthal on Netflix. Y'all go give that a, a watch. Tune in. I'm not going to tell you what it's about. Just go in and watch it blind. TV recommendation. You have HBO Go or HBO Max, whatever it's called now. Go and check out this show called High Maintenance. It's a little show where you don't have to like it's one like if you went into series and you went to binge watching shows and you just need a break and you want something calm relaxing to watch a little comedy comedic um but not like it's 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 so hard to explain it's it's not a type of show that you could compare to another one you're just following a a, a drug dealer who who sells weed on a bike going around Manhattan, going to all these different types of people, and you just see, you see, the, you hear the twins? They're in the room now? Yeah, come here, come here, Layla. They decided to come look for me. Hi, Lucas. Excuse me. You're nasty. <laughs> oh, it smells. Get off my leg. Lucas messing up my TV recommendation. Jesus, come here, Layla. It stinks. It stinks. Say hi. I know you can't see Uncle right now, but say hi, Uncle. Hi, Uncle. Hey, baby. Say <laughs> happy hi, New everybody. Year. Hi, everybody. <laughs> say happy New Year. Take that with you. All right, so those are your recommendations. Yeah, high maintenance. Drug dealer sells weed on a bicycle. Going around Manhattan and he meets all types of uh, different types of people. And they show you their background each episode. But it's, it, it's a good watch. It's a good light show to put on after you've done watched eight straight episodes of Game of Thrones and all type of stuff been happening and you just need a little break. So those are my two recommendations. Those are my two plugs. You got anything you wanna plug? So I the only movie the big movie I've been watching the most this week. I saw the movie this last month. Watched it with my kids. Encanto. No soda. It's pretty pretty I like I liked it. It's a pretty good Kids flick on and, Disney. Um, yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Did you watch? Did you watch The Matrix? <laughs> I did. Did you like it? How do you feel about it? Eyes first. <laughs> we asked at the same time, bro. <laughs> I felt like they could accept it. You know what? I was listening to the Joe Biden podcast, and they said the same thing. And then I think because. I listened to the Joe Budden podcast. It made me focus more on what was going on. And then I wasn't mad at it because I, it's not a movie that like if you go in and you just like hoping to see like another version of the Matrix, it's not that type of movie. 
It's a movie where you have to watch the movies, obviously, but you got to go into it feeling like you have to pay attention and you have to try to understand what's going on. I did that. I didn't have, I didn't have any issues figuring out what's going on, and I, there, yeah, it was a lot of things where it's like, yeah, that's convenient that. Neo can't do the stuff that he hey, hey, used to spoilers, be able to do. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> but I mean, I don't think that's too much of a spoiler. But it's a spoiler. I, I'm just, I'm just like, isn't that convenient? But outside of that, I, I was like, you know what? It all makes sense. Like it all makes sense why they went the way that they did. It makes sense how how they were able to come up with this storyline. Like, it makes sense why some characters are back and some aren't, and some of them that are back make sense that they're back, and some of them make sense why they're not back. It all made sense, but they could have felt like they could have kept, kept it. We didn't need like it. if you're gonna bring back the Matrix after 20 years, add, you have to be adding something dramatically new, and for it to be a basic copy and paste plus oh. I will be age sixty years, and now she's the spoilers. Spoilers, like bro. They said that. They said that in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler. But like, like, all right, you brought us back to see the same thing again, and give us a little context of what type of world it is now, and then it just didn't feel like a Matrix film. It felt like a movie that was recreating the matrix it felt like the gentrified matrix with the same characters but not the same character you get what i'm saying neo did not feel like neo to me at all the entire movie because it's 65 year old keanu reeves trying to do stunts with carrie ann moss who is trinity and they're old now, but I'm not saying they can't do it. But if you if you have computer technology, at least speed it up. Like, bro, do something to make it more of a Matrix vibe. But I don't know. I didn't enjoy it. It might be because the Knicks been on such a funk that I'm just like uh, negative Nancy with the movie. But this week, I just I, I didn't I didn't really like the Matrix. I wish I didn't see I, it. I, I can, wish they could. They didn't I release it. I can feel you on that, especially if you go into it looking for answers go, and looking for if you, something new. Not even looking for answers, because they gave you answers. But if you go into it looking for that same, the original Matrix feel, mm-hmm. which I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I don't feel like 2 and 3 gave me the original Matrix feel either. Um, they didn't. But... I would say that they did a better job of it than this Matrix. Right. But I think that this Matrix made more sense than two and three. I don't think so. At the end of the day. No, I, I definitely I definitely do. I, I definitely feel feel like the storyline kind of it cleared up more things than two and three did, in my opinion. Did you did you rewatch all three before you watched the movie? I have to rewatch See, I, I, re- I rewatched re-watch. it. I rewatched it all paid attention, subtitles on and I didn't right. rewatch it all in one week and I watched it on three different days to make sure I gathered all the information going into the last movie. 
And it just didn't, it, 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 it didn't, it didn't scratch that itch. It, 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 it couldn't it, it, it. But this ain't the movie I'm gonna, podcast. I, we, we, we getting a little gonna, off I'm going to rewatch, I'm going to rewatch the first three. <laughs> but definitely a cash grab. I will say that. For sure. I just wasn't, I'm just not mad at it because I've watched cash grabs and, and enjoyed them. And I've watched cash grabs and been like, yeah, y'all definitely could have kept this. You could have made, you could make a I, cash grab movie be good still. Right. I don't think it was a bad movie. I don't think it was a good movie. It was bad. It was it, it was just it was cash grab. If you was if you came to this movie expecting Keanu Reeves to 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 be doing <laughs> all the stuff that he was doing in the first movie, I think that you were kind of fooling yourself. You thought Carrie Ann Moss is going to do it, but you kind of fooled yourself. And the only way that you could circumvent that is to have a whole new character that the Matrix is going to be built around, and they. We knew that that's not what this movie was. But so, I would prefer uh, that. I would much, I would much rather have that than have. Oh, the Matrix! It can't hold up without Trinity and Neo. Now they need to be right across from each other because they love each other so much and their energy. Wow! I'm good. I'm good. Give us a new idea, a new original idea inside of a remake. If that's what you want to make, but that's that's I don't want to keep shitting on the movie. I I, I love the Matrix. This is not how I wanted to remember it, but it's cool. I'll, I'll watch it again and see how I feel. I got no TV recommendations. I've just been watching anime really, um, and that's it. So oh, I can go to bed again, now. Thank you guys. Yeah, you can go to bed now, Jackson guys. <laughs> Once yeah, again, man, thank, thank you guys you. for listening. We appreciate y'all. Y'all love y'all. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to the mixtape part. The mixtape part. The mixtape part first. Oh, Lil, Lil, it's a big thing. Big one. Got Liam on it, bro. Come on, man. That's my, that's my New Year's <laughs> gift. Christmas gift, I mean. Ah, y'all, take it easy. That intro music was Broadway Boo by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at The Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.